The following podcast is a Dear Media production. A big theme of my pregnancy was evaluating everything I was eating or putting on my body. I wanted to make sure this pregnancy that I was pretty clean. I wasn't going to be a freak about it, but I didn't want to put a bunch of chemicals on my face when I was carrying towns. And so what I did is I took all my products that had the harsher chemicals and that were more aggressive and I put them away. And then I brought all my clean products out. And I have to tell you, I've kind of fallen in love with the clean products. Sure, I'm going to implement a couple of the more chemical heavy products into my routine now that I'm not pregnant, but I am obsessed with certain clean products and I will not give them up. And one of them is Osea. And you've seen this, I feel like everywhere, but there's specific products that they make that really, really have upped my nourishment game. They've softened my skin. They keep me glowing from head to toe. So the two products that I would recommend from Osea that I use on a day-to-day basis still are the Hyaluronic Sea Serum. This one is a really beautiful serum. It lays so nicely under makeup, and I feel like it really works for fine lines and wrinkles. The ingredients are amazing. There's like seaweed and snow mushroom and like marine elements in it, and my skin feels so nourished after it. I absolutely love it. The other Osea product, and I have raved about this for a long time, is the mist. They have like a seaweed mist. I would get those two products, those to start at least, and then like just check out their whole line because I think you're going to love it. They have like a body oil, a scrub. They even have this um, lotion that I love that comes in like a big tub. All of their products are just amazing. They're so clean. Find your new skincare and body care favorites at OseaMalibu.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. You get 10% off your first order site-wide with promo code PINKSEAWEED. Promo code PINKSEAWEED. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. Go to OseaMalibu.com, promo code PINKSEAWEED. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. A little bit of my backstory is I grew up Catholic in a conservative bubble in a very liberal city. And my mom passed away when I was eight years old. I was kind of a lonely, depressed teenager, and so that's where I got my start on Tumblr because I would come home from school, and I'm like, I don't have many friends, so let me make friends online. That was kind of where it came from. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show, new to the Dear Media Network, Eileen Kelly. Eileen Kelly gained fame during Tumblr. Do you remember Tumblr? I remember Tumblr, but I wasn't active on Tumblr. You weren't? No. Okay, I had a Tumblr like when Skinny Confidential just came out and hers was super popular because she gave real deal advice, kind of like Dear Abby, but for her generation on boys dating sex and more. And it actually gained so much notoriety that Bella Hadid reached out to her back in the day and they became friends. So her Tumblr account was very, very popular. And now she has a podcast, which is so exciting. It's on the Dear Media Network. It's called Going Mental. And in this episode, we go all over the place. She opens up about her five-month stay at the most infamous mental hospital in the United States. She is so open about her experience with depression 
She also talks about being a sex educator and a social media darling. You may have seen her on Instagram. She has a very well curated Instagram grid. I have to say too, just meeting her, she's very poised, sweet, well-spoken, and I enjoyed this interview. And I think you will too. So on that note, let's meet the new host of Going Mental, Eileen Kelly. Welcome her to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Okay, I stalked Eileen on Instagram because I found her so compelling and interesting, you guys. So this episode, hold on to your seat. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. Tell us about your blog that you launched in 2016 because you were young. How did you even decide that you were going to launch a blog and why? Honestly, I had started on Tumblr. How old on Tumblr? 16. Okay, start there. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking to a friend who also was like a Tumblr girl. We got dinner a couple of nights ago and we were we were we were just joking about that period in internet like subculture. It will never be repeated because yeah. it was kind of before Instagram or like right at the brink of the creation of Instagram, like right after MySpace, Facebook's just coming out, kind of that timeline. And I so my a little bit of my backstory is I grew up Catholic in a conservative bubble in a very liberal city. So I'm from Seattle, Washington, but I kind of came from this sheltered bubble there. And my mom passed away when I was really young, when I was eight years old. I had a single dad who never remarried to this day. He's not remarried. And I just spent had a lot of alone time like I had a single dad like I said he wasn't remarried but he's working a lot so he's out of the house so I would say my high school experience was a lot of time alone and I did ballet really intensely till I was 16 so I didn't have any social life ballet can be intense that from what I've heard with like eating disorders and yeah, the competition. body yeah. stuff and just like comparison and and this reaching for perfection constantly like, I think it's kind of a toxic environment. Obviously, there's positive parts of it, but there were also negatives. And I was kind of a lonely, depressed teenager. And so that's where I got my start on Tumblr because I would come home from school and I'm like, I don't have many friends early on in high school when I was doing ballet. So let me make friends online. That was kind of where it came from. And what was it like growing up with a father? Did you have like just having your father and not your mother? difficult but also I'm like I feel like I don't really know any different yeah oh yeah that was also kind of the push to start my tumblr to start the blog is I had no one to talk to about like my body changing like middle school and going through puberty was a really difficult time for me yeah I, I was embarrassed to talk to my dad about like getting my period for the, my first time and you know so, so. what do you do like talk to friends of mine or sometimes like maybe close friends, like moms would kind of talk to me about it. But it was just very awkward and I felt very alone. And so I started this Tumblr account and I would talk about my life really openly. Okay, so this is what we have to tell the audience. You were super open at 16 years old on super Tumblr. Super open. Uh, explain what that means. Like I would just share everything almost to a fault. Now I'm like, oh no, I have so much out there just like just floating on the internet about me. But I would talk about like I lost my virginity and like here's my new boyfriend and this is what I'm going through. And then it started kind of this Ask Alice type 
of mentality with my followers back then and they would ask me questions and I'm 16 like what does a 16 year old know but at the same time I had lived through some shit and so I would just talk and kind of answer these questions and really started this community can I ask you a question yeah on one hand I think it's good for you to like be talking about this at 16 years old and opening up dialogue to probably other people your age but I imagine having those type of open conversation also invites a bunch of creeps in you would be surprised. Really not that many creeps found okay, me well that's, back then. That's good. As he's was, just, he has a daughter. So I can tell he's yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's processing this. In his I mind. think a lot of it for me though, wasn't so sexualized because no one taught me. Once I learned this information or I would read, find stuff on Google and, and then share it on Tumblr. Like I taught all my girlfriends how to use tampons for the first time. Like I was very adamant of like, I want to go on birth control before I start having sex with my first boyfriend. Like I was like, no one cares about my sexual health, so I'm going to care about mine. And then I'm going to make my friends care about it and I'm going to care about their sexual health. And it kind of became this domino effect. It almost sounds like you mothered yourself. Does your dad start to rely on you as like, I know this sounds weird. I lost my mom at a young age too. So you almost develop this like, wife relationship with your dad that sounds weird but that I noticed my dad would like call me for things that maybe he would call a wife for does that make sense yeah I that wasn't my experience with my dad we weren't that close when I was younger so I feel like more so I was leaning on friends or honestly just a lot of alone time when you say a lot of alone time, are you meaning like you're in your room on yes, Tumblr? Yes. Just so it's 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 interesting because I feel like your generation lived a lot through the internet. Almost yeah, well, it's also like the emo phase. Like I wasn't really a part of that, but I think about like MySpace kids who would like go home and like be on the computer all day. Yeah, I'm trying to think like right around the time I was in middle school, like we had a desktop computer downstairs. Like I would play Sims and like go on Tumblr. That was my childhood it feels like and then I read this or I heard this tell me if I'm wrong but Bella Hadid became a fan of your tumblr account yeah and so we became friends on tumblr and this is before anything yes how do you guys like become friends on tumblr and I became friends with other people too like are you guys meeting in real life is it just over the internet it was all over the internet I, it's weird because Tumblr is different than Instagram. Like you can't see how many followers someone has, but I guess you can see how much interaction. And I would post so much about my life that she followed me. And then we started talking on Tumblr. Also started talking to this girl, Gabby Westbrook, who became one of my first friends when I moved to New York. Addison Ray and I met for the first time like a week ago. And she came up to me and she was like, Eileen, I used to follow your Tumblr. And I was like, that's so crazy. So you had like people like that you didn't even know following your Tumblr that now, I mean, Addison Ray is like obviously huge with, yeah, so, so, so successful. It's almost, it sounds like you, uh, an Ask Alice, but like with a twist of Dr. Laura sex advice. Yeah, kind of. And, but a lot of it was also, I guess, mental health before I knew it was mental health. Like I would talk about being depressed and I would talk about being anxious and going through these periods in my life. I wasn't so vulnerable or open. It was difficult for me to talk about the loss of my mom. And that's something I've kind of come to terms with more recently as an adult. 
But I would talk about kind of these open, taboo subjects. What advice would you give for, to someone who lost their mom at a young age? Do you have any things that make you feel better? Therapy? Yeah, so I see a therapist. I see a therapist twice a week. It has been phenomenal. I recommend therapy to everyone. I actually feel like that's one of my dating rules now is I don't like to date guys who aren't in therapy. Oh, you're out. Um, well, you're the fuck out. <laughs> Taylor's out. But okay, elaborate. Why do they need to be? I mean, I'm sure I like you, this. Keep because going men this. have a difficult time communicating already. So it's like you need to be working on yourself for me to want to date you. And like, I'm sure someone's going to listen to this and be like, well, therapy is really expensive. And like, you sound elitist and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be like going to a normal session once a week with a therapist, but just that you are trying to, I guess, like work on yourself. What if sense. you meet someone that you really like and they're like, listen, therapy's a no-go for me. So my ex, my most recent ex-boyfriend wasn't seeing a therapist and it was, it became he's a thing. for a reason. No, he got into therapy while we were dating and he still sees that therapist. <sighs> Looks so like it's is, time for you to see a therapist. You know, no, Lauren, this is what I tell you. is like the, the reason I'm so glad I'm locked down and out. Like one, I, I don't understand any of the dating apps anymore. Two, like we're ha these new benchmarks, I would be done. I would be done. I'd just die alone. No, because it doesn't, like I said, I started dating my most recent ex-boyfriend and he wasn't seeing a therapist. And I told him, I was like, it's really important for me for you to see a therapist. Does it have to be with you or it can be alone? No, 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 alone. alone. I was like, I don't want to be with you. I want you to work on yourself. And I don't know. I like people who are introspective and figure out. Yeah, figure. he had a lot to figure out, as everyone does. Why do you do the things you do? What are your goals? What motivates you? What's stopping you from reaching your goals? How do you see your life unfolding? All these kind of existential questions that I'm like, you need to go figure this out. I actually helped him find a therapist a referral through my therapist and he still sees her or still sees him to this day even though we broke up like a year ago. This is pretty profound for your age to ask these questions well, to a man. I actually only, I, this the, is so this is interesting to me. The only reason so I'm just going to play devil's advocate and give you pushback. Oh no. Do you do you believe you can't be those things unless you're in therapy? No, but I think it helps. Sure. But if somebody like if somebody is introspective and working on themselves and they have clearly defined goals like maybe it's somebody that just kind of has their shit together. Do you stay, still say, well, I, I still think, need you but to? But I, I don't agree. I think that's like a stigmatized thing of people who are in therapy don't have their shit together. I think you can totally have your shit together. It just almost is you have the tools to be even a better person, a healthier version of you. And maybe you go to therapy and then you're like, and you try it out for six months, a year, and you're like, okay, I feel I feel like I, I don't need this anymore. I do agree, though, that men do have trouble communicating. Like, what if I, I... And it's like a third party. It's someone who... It's not like you're going to a girlfriend or a friend or family member talking about your problems. Like, it's someone who's so unrelated to you that they can almost mirror this shit back to you. No, I get the, the point. I'm just thinking about... And, and listen, I actually believe in therapy and think everybody should kind of maybe think about it. I'm just thinking about it selfishly. I don't, I don't have the fucking time right now. Honestly, though, coming from a family... So my family is like kind of anti-therapy... And my dad's never seen a therapist. One of my brothers has, I have two brothers. One of my brothers has, my other brother is like honestly kind of against therapy. And I'm just like knowing men in my, in my personal life who are not therapized or don't, I feel like have a great understanding of them. It's like, that's not who I want to date. So like I need a guy who's, who is like willing to take a look in the mirror. And that's really fucking hard. 
I I agree with you. This is where this is what's hard for me personally with therapy. I haven't met the right person that I have chemistry with. I think if I met the right person, a, a therapist that I that I jived with, I think it would work. Oh, you have to 100% try them. Right you person. have to try them out. And that's something I didn't. Oh, no. so it's like I got to go date a bunch of therapists like, yes. to see who I'm going to fuck? Yes. Who you're going to mentally fuck. Uh, sure, we can use that. I know, but is there like, is there any way I can like. Fast track it. Like, can I hire a hooker? <laughs> like, who, how can I like hire someone to like, like that I'm just going to know is like, it's it's hard to like, a lot of dates with a different therapist is a lot no, of work. I, uh, I agree with you totally, but that's something I didn't know when I was younger. So I saw my first therapist after my mom passed away, and it was actually my mom's therapist, which I feel like as I'm older, I don't know how ethical that was. Right. But we were not a good fit. She was like, ver- felt kind of like Freudian, psychotherapist. Like it was not emotional, not warm. And as a child who had just lost her mother, it was a poor fit. But I didn't know any different, and I didn't know I could be like, hey, I don't like this. I want to try something else. So I kind of just stuck it out for a while, and then I stopped. When I was living in New York by myself in college, I started seeing a therapist. Again, not the best fit, but a better fit than that. Okay. Saw her for a few years, and then I did this program, which I'm sure we'll get into, at McLean, which is a psychiatric hospital. And I did a psychiatric program there for a few months. And now I work with my same therapist from the program, even though I left over two years ago. And she's like, I want to hold on to her forever. You love her. I love her. We text every day. Oh, yeah. The amount of times that we have talked about the gut on this podcast is wild. So many smart people have come on this podcast and said that it all starts in the gut. So obviously, after listening to my own guests, I was very, very particular about the probiotic that I was taking. And also, I wanted to give Zaza a probiotic. And I take Just Thrive. And the reason I take Just Thrive is it's one of the only probiotics that actually has survivability to the gut. So a lot of them you take and they don't even survive to your gut. A lot of them too do this marketing thing that I'm learning about. And they say, oh, you have to refrigerate the probiotic. And it's a gimmick. So be aware of that one too. This one by Just Thrive does not have to be refrigerated. It survives to your gut. And they also have a bunch of products that are just scientifically proven. The ones that I would check out by them are obviously the probiotic, like I just said, but also check out Just Calm. This is another one that I have added to my routine that I think is amazing. And it's a psychobiotic. So it works simultaneously with the probiotic and it just supports good bacteria. We actually had someone come on the podcast who's a microbiologist and discuss how the two in tandem work together. The psychobiotic is absolutely amazing for your mental health, which is very fitting for this episode. It also helps with your mood and your emotions. And then the probiotic, as you know, brings a lot of good bacteria to the gut. So both of them together are amazing and they're just a great tool to have in your toolbox, especially if you're very into your wellness like me. Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm make the perfect combination. And right now you can get 15% off site-wide. Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm make the perfect pair. And right now you get 15% off site-wide when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code SKINNY at checkout. That's justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash SKINNY or use code SKINNY at checkout. 
let's segue into that program. What were the what was the circumstances behind going and checking yourself into that program? Okay, yeah. So I was running a fairly successful, had a podcast, had a business, this blog website, and my mental health started to deteriorate more so from my personal life and just issues I had had that I had never dealt with. Issues from my, losing my mom in a really traumatic way, just all of these things that had built up, and I was struggling really poorly emotionally, but I was a high-functioning person. Like I could go to work every day, I could get my shit done, but emotionally I was like very suicidal, like so anxious, debilitating anxiety, like not really eating. So I lost a ton of weight and just not doing okay. And so I decided to take some time away from work. And I had met someone around that time who had gone to McLean Hospital themselves a few years earlier. And they told me like I had, it really it helped save my life. And where is this place? It's in Boston, okay. part of Harvard Medical School. And you were living alone at the time in New York? Yes. Okay. okay. And I decided to go to that program. And I thought it's a two-month minimum. So I was like, okay, I'm signing up for two months. Like if this is going to change my life or make me not suicidal, obviously it's worth it. And then you get there and it's actually a six-month program. So can you wait, they lie to you? Kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say they lie to you. Like you can leave. It's two month minimum. But the actual program and to go through the entire program, it is a six month program. When you say hospital, the way my brain thinks, because I'm so scared of hospitals, is I think like a ward and yes. like, no, like I think like almost I almost think um, like one flew over a cuckoo's, cuckoo's nest. nest. No, it's not like that. Can you no. can you break that stereotype yes. for us? So I did a residential program that's different. If I if someone just goes to the psych ward and they're on a 72-hour hold or let's say you're having hallucinations or something, then yes, it may be more like one flew over the cuckoo's nest where it's just in the psych ward. It's a normal hospital setting. You're in a gown. My experience was very different. You can't be like actively wanting to hurt yourself to be in that program. You can't have an eating disorder. Basically, I lived in a normal house off of the main hospital campus and you do group therapy every day and you have a group of like six doctors that take on your case and you learn. It's a DBT program. So that's a specific type of therapy that I do now called dialectical behavioral therapy. And basically it's behavioral therapy. So you learn that by changing your actions, it actually helps change your emotions and your thoughts. So you can't you can't go in there in a position where they feel that you could be harmful to yourself. Yes. So they because they don't want to have to monitor. If you are in that position, they have to actually monitor you. It's like yeah, we could watch TV, but I didn't have a phone for five months. I know that's what I was going to ask you. I heard you say that. Okay. Do you think that part of the reason that you were able to to heal is because you didn't have a phone? I mean, that the phone is giving I think us crazy fucking anxiety oh a hundred percent I also was going through a really toxic like abusive I'd been in this really bad relationship and was going through a horrible breakup with someone who I felt it was driving me crazy seeing Instagram on the phone like when it's back when it, I always talk about this back when Instagram had that feature where people you followed you could see what they were liking Oh, yeah. You remember that feature? Yeah, that was a wild feature. Yeah, that made people go crazy. You could see who they followed or... Un could you see who they unfollowed? Yes. You could see who they followed. Or see who they followed. 
So, so I was going in through an on and off relationship and I could see every day what the fuck my ex-boyfriend like what you know bikini photos he's liking or who he's following so I'm like oh no he's fucking this girl now or he's fucking this girl and it was just like non that's not normal you shouldn't be able to see that go back before you entered the hospital that was You're, a wild feature yeah they took it away because I swear I was making so many people crazy the one good thing that they did for mental health. You know what I did? Just a tangent. I just went on his phone at three in the morning one night and followed like 6,000 Chihuahua accounts. <laughs> so all he gets served is Chihuahuas. So if he's liking anything, it's like two Chihuahuas cuddling in the sand. <laughs> I like Chihuahuas. <laughs> good. Like like them up. That's what, that's what you're getting served, bud. <laughs> yeah, I don't do. I don't I don't follow any of the. That's a that's a dicey move as a guy in a relationship. I don't go into any of the bikini stuff. I don't do any of that shit. That's just that's just you're just asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble, but then also now that I'm older and I and I feel like I've healed a lot emotionally and mentally, there were so many red flags that I just couldn't walk away from. I think too, as you get older and you're outside and you can see like looking back, for me it's like and I know you said X, so I don't know you don't even want to be with someone that's going to be that energy, I feel like. Yeah, but at that time, I think I had such low self-esteem yeah. and self-worth that I was like, well, we have this history and you tell me you love me, but so why are you chasing like everyone that's not me? And it becomes this really horrific cycle of like, I know I shouldn't be with you. You don't treat me well, but I can't leave you because I feel like ashamed and I really love you. And it's this really toxic push and pull. What was the final straw when you broke up with him before you went into the hospital? Probably some cheating thing. He's always cheating. Always cheating. Yeah. And how do these people think they're going to get away with cheating in 2022? Can we talk about that? No, no, but that's not the problem. The problem was like he would cheat and I still didn't leave. Like, Like it's not all his fault. You know, like I have to take some accountability. Like I wasn't exactly walking away from this relationship. I was putting myself actively back into the situation. I didn't have the self-esteem or self-respect to be like, fuck you. And like, don't talk to me again. It was like, no, 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 no. I love you. Like, how would you find out he was cheating? Um, One time I went through his phone. Love it. And he had this text message from his roommate at the time being like, you need to tell Eileen and I'm not gonna lie and what was his response was like I really love her like I feel so guilty but so just don't tell her and she's like okay I won't tell her but if someone asks me I'm not gonna lie for you you know I have a I have a strong perspective on this because I I had two younger sisters and I would always tell them like you know it's not your fault if you get cheated on it's your fault if you stay and then complain about it constantly and unfortunately, and not to be sexist, I think I'm, I'm just saying this from an older brother's perspective. You know, I was like, you can be mad at the guy, but if you stick around and continue to validate it, at some point, like you have to take accountability that you accept that behavior. Oh, 100%. and that you and you kind of okayed it in a way. Like you can do that. I'm going to stick around. If you do it again, you basically put yeah, yourself. You're condoning the behavior, and then it becomes a cycle. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what was so crazy making. And also, I feel like what was fueling the anxiety and issues that I already brought to the table, like I'm an anxious person, is I knew this relationship was toxic and I knew I needed to leave it. I felt like I didn't know how, I didn't have the tools to. And that made me feel like I can't trust myself. And it really alienates you when you're in a toxic relationship and you feel like, holy shit, I, 
you know, I'm not going to leave them. So my friends are my friends are really sick of hearing about this. It alienates you. We get, we sometimes get pushback when we talk about this subject. Like I call it like a tough love so- topic on this show because I think some people are in are currently in relationships like this. And when you say it, it's like they get angry, right? It's like you get angry. People get angry if you shine a spotlight on maybe a vulnerability in their relationship. But it's I really believe it. I believe if you condone cheating then you can't later then complain to all your friends and your family and everybody because you're still bringing that person around guy or girl and we're all sit there and we all have to you know sit there with a smile on our face and act like this isn't happening but it's like you know what i mean like it's there's nothing worse than going to a dinner when the relationship's like that and everybody knows it's like that and you kind of have to put this weird false smile and then the next day they turn around and they're complaining about that same person. Like, I agree, but I almost view it as like an abusive relationship, like emotionally. Sure, of course it is. You know, and what is it? I had someone on my podcast the other day who is a domestic violence social worker. And she was saying that most people try to leave a toxic, emotionally abusive, physically abusive relationship like seven times before they leave. That is the average. So it's like you don't want to alienate your your friend or family member because yeah, it's like a lot of emotional work for you to keep hearing about this, and yet they stay and they don't listen, and it's like talking to a brick wall. So what I'm so saying I think is there has to be it. yeah, you don't want to condone it, but I also think I've seen people who have stayed in toxic relationships and then their friends ditch them. They're like, okay, I can't be there for you, so I need space from our relationship. Well, because here's why it becomes toxic to the person hearing it at some point, right? Like, if my friend comes to me. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. If, if my friend comes to me, he's like, I'm getting cheated on. I'm in such a terrible relationship. And I say, well, okay, like I'm going to give you advice. You got to leave. I can help you leave all these things. And then you turn around the next day and you're back with the person you're having sex and it's all great and it's all fun. And then you come to me again, you say the same thing. At some point, I'm actually the one being abused, right? Because you're coming. I, don't, I, don't I wouldn't that. say I, I don't agree with that. Abused. I am. I am being <laughs> abused. You know what? You know what he's doing right now too? No, it's true. He's talking about a specific person it's true He's i know making exactly, it about himself no i know exactly who you're talking about no, right now but it's true you're, no. you're not being abused it, no it is you're abusing no my because friendship. you're you're allowed to have a boundary <laughs> like you can have a boundary <laughs> i i agree with that but i think if you've ever been in that situation and you have that empathy towards that situation you shouldn't if you're in your true friend or you love that person you don't up and leave you can say like hey i can't talk about this anymore with you but I'm here when you're ready to leave. This is what I I do with a person like this because I've I'm dealing with. A it person turns out like I have this. no empathy. And I'm not <laughs> no, a true sorry, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but no, I mean sometimes you need to work on your empathy. Oh, but well, it's, sometimes... I, I think that, that there's a way to finesse it where, for the first time, I'll be there for you. For the second time, I'll be there for you. By the third time, I'm gonna step t- take a step back and I'm gonna let you come to your own conclusions. And what I do with that is I just ask you questions and listen. Because at that point, by the third time, I just think that you want someone to listen to you. Then if it's the fourth time and the fifth time and the sixth time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, and I would say this to the person, I'm probably not the right one to talk to because what my advice has not worked. I'll tell you why it's abusive. <laughs> Because if someone comes to me and I say, this person is such an asshole, get rid of them, fuck this person. Then they go back and says, Michael says this, you're an asshole, fuck this person. And then they don't. And then I'm forced to be around that person Well, again. you're not forced. 
Do you get what I'm saying? It's but like, why do you, you don't want to be around that person? Oh no, my friends. They, they <laughs> but keep, see, you're thinking of a, a really specific situation. No, but they keep, they keep bringing yeah. around. No, you are. Go you are double, thinking. Gotta go on a double date. You like, are thinking. And by the way, you you can remove yourself from a situation. But then, but that's. What I I'm, feel like you have a little bit of post traumatic stress. You know what? Just fucking leave everybody. Everyone break up. Just done. <laughs> I also think, too, that some people have open relationships where it's okay to cheat. Oh, God. No, because that's not cheating. If it's an open relationship, that is not cheating. Okay. Because you have, like, a consensual agreement to sleep with other people. Got it. So so that's not necessarily cheating. That's not cheating. Do you think those work? I think for some people. I've met people who are... I I had someone on on a podcast I did years ago who was in a non-monogamous marriage. Married, like, pop not even polyamorous. Like they just had an open marriage and it worked. And she was like, I've cheated on like honestly every partner. Like I just can't be monogamous. So I decided at this point in my life and she met someone who also is kind of like that and it works for them. For a period. We had those. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. We've had a lot of those people on. Really? For me, could never work. I'm way too jealous. I'll tell you why. If I'm being honest. Sorry, I'm coming in. I mean, I'm like go through fucking phones. (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm coming in on you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll tell you why. If Lauren and I were in that agreement, that's one thing. But then if you join and then you catch feelings, it's like, how do I, how do you get multiple people all on the same page? That's the difficulty. He asks this question all the time. I think that's difficult, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's black or white. I actually don't think it's a prescription one size fits all. I think that not everyone is like you and not everyone is like me and not everyone is like Eileen. I think everyone is different. I'm just saying people are problems. They call like and everyone has complexity. That is true that there's you, you, the more people that you bring in, there's going to be it, more issues. That's It's the, harder the and harder to get like it's hard hard enough to be in a relationship with one person, but then you add another person, maybe it works, and you add another person, it's like you have multiple dynamics that you got to manage for a long period of time. I understand. So for me, polyamorous where you're like in a serious or you're in a relationship like an emotional and physical relationship with multiple people that to me feels way more complicated than if it's just like okay on Friday nights I go with my friends and I fuck someone else and I don't even like get their number and I don't stay in contact with them and that's the kind of open arrangement we have it's like once a month I can go fuck someone that to me feels like okay would it work for me no but could that work for someone Yeah, because I feel like there's a little less baggage if it's not an emotional thing. Also, I think a lot of people, too, a lot of people are bringing other, like having threesomes. Or swinging. Or swinging. Isn't that big in this town? Listen, (laughs) Michael, you're you're like a little old, a little boring, a little (laughs) retirement. You are. You're like, oh, no, do I need to play therapist? Michael's um, a little like not, like I feel like Michael's in bed by 8 o'clock. He's like, here's what it is. I have, we've had like 600 of these things now, 500, whatever podcasts. And we've had all of the, like, we've had these conversations and I always leave an open space for these people. We've had like, you know, therapists come on and talk about this. We've had people that are married. We've had other people that were engaged. We are basically 10 for 10 on all of them not working. That doesn't make, that doesn't mean though that they all don't work. You can't say that. I'm saying on this show and this, these blanket statements today are like, I'm not, I'm saying on this show and this this control group, 10 for 10 none worked. This control group. Okay. Let's do this with the audience. Let's tell, tell us someone it has worked for. There's someone listening. It has worked for. The worst is when the guys come in and I'm like, Hey, like you guys in a relationship and the girl's like, Oh yeah. And he goes, 
we're partners. Like this is my partner. And I could tell like a lot of the, that's, the other person's like kind of been bamboozled into this. Like they're not. But she just said she has an experience with a woman who's like, I want to fuck other people. Oh yeah. she She's a woman. She teaches at NYU. She's awesome. And she's like fully non-monogamous and it works for her. And it's funny though, because one time I got lunch with her and she was like, Eileen, like you can't, because I think I was, it was when I was going through that breakup. She was like, you need to like not be so jealous or so attached. And I was like, okay, your brain were, is very different than my brain because that's just not going to work for me. I think that's the whole thing is not everyone works for everything. Yeah. And so figuring out what works for you and then doing that and not kind of settling for something because like to please a partner, I guess. There is one thing that I could not stop eating when I was pregnant. <laughs> you saw it all over my Instagram stories. And that is dough. <laughs> dough is so good. I cannot even explain it. They basically took cookies and chocolate spread and made it healthy. They have like this healthy version of Nutella that is so delicious. So here's the move. Here's what I did. I took a piece of sourdough toast and then I put a layer of their drip chocolate spread on top. And then I did a sprinkle of sea salt and I would eat it in bed. <laughs> I am telling you, it is so wild what is in this healthy version of Nutella. I feel like I have to tell you what's in it. It has dry roasted hazelnuts, organic cane sugar, cocoa powder, aloe vera extract, sea salt, and vitamin C. I just liked a little extra crunch with the sea salt on top. This chocolate hazelnut spread will rock your world. There's so many things you can do with it too. You can dip strawberries in it. I even like sometimes will put it on blueberries and then put it in the freezer. I'm just telling you, go to their site and get this. It's the best treat. Zaza loves it. And they also have cookie dough. And I'm such a fan of their cookie dough because it's vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, no BS ingredients that I reached out to them on Instagram and harassed them to send me some. So we have an exclusive discount. They never do this. 20% off and free shipping with code SKINNY at eatdough.com. That's spelled E-A-T-D-E-U-X.com, promo code SKINNY for 20% off. The drip line you can buy exclusively on their site, but you can find their vegan cookie doughs at Target across the nation. Trust me, it's to die for. You guys ended up breaking up. Let's go back to you and your boyfriend. The final straw was that he was just cheating and cheating and you couldn't deal with it. Yeah, it was like on and off. Like, oh God. We'd actually broken up like a year before I went away. And then it was kind of like this promise of we're going to get back together. But then he's hooking up with people. It was just really toxic and not a fun experience for either of us. I think. So when you enter the hospital, do they take your phone or do you leave your phone at home? So that was actually part of the reason I wanted to go to the program. Yeah, I can so, see why. Yeah, like the so, phone thing. Exactly. So I had done an outpatient program first in New York City at Columbia. And it's where I would go to group therapy all day with like, yeah, four days a week. And then I would come home and I lived alone and I could see what my ex-boyfriend was up to. And I just felt crazier because I'm like, holy shit, I'm in therapy all day with these people. And then I come home and I'm alone with my thoughts and I'm not doing okay, and I need a higher level of care. So I kind of had to convince them to allow me to go to this program at McLean. You can't just, like, show up at the doorstep. You have to apply. You have to do intakes if you've ever been hospitalized. Like, there's only so many slots, and it's, like, a serious residential program. So 
I got a phone call saying, we have a spot opening. Can you be here in one week? And listen, I'm picking up my life. I have a cat. I live in an apartment. Like you're gone for, I thought, two months. But I'm like, holy shit, I have to get, on, get my life together and make this decision in like five days. And so I showed up with a suitcase and I handed them my phone because some people keep their phones. It's depending on kind of what you need. And I was like, literally take this thing away from me. It's making me, it's ruining my life. So what's the protocol with the program? Is it is it therapy? Is it medication? Is it all different kinds of things? You mentioned a specific therapy. I would yes. love for you to talk more on that. So it's DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. And as someone who had done talk therapy for years, I felt like I was talking around in circles. Like I knew my problems. I knew where they stem from, but I didn't know how to change them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to actually, like, leave this boyfriend. I know maybe why I'm insecure or have attachment issues because of my mom and X, Y, and Z, but I don't know how to actually change my life. Like, I felt like I was on a hamster wheel. And so I did this program where you learn all of these, like, researched and studied tips and skills is what they're called on how to put stuff into action. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok at all. But there was this TikTok challenge going viral like a couple of months ago where people were sticking their head in the ice water. Yeah. So that's a DBT skill. So for someone who's having a panic attack, it's like a studied research thing. Like if you put your face in ice water, you dunk it in ice water, it slows your heart rate. And it can actually stop a panic attack. That makes total sense. Don't mean to brag, but you got to try the ice roller. I'm going to give you one. I am obsessed with ice. And Michael is a huge when he annoys the fuck out of me, I just throw him in an ice bath. We talked about this recently in an episode, the benefits of doing ice bath every week, right? And you do it like, but basically don't do it forever, like 11 minutes per week. And it's the same thing. Like it helps with the nervous system, helps anxiety, helps depression, helps your hormone response. That's interesting though, that, that just by sticking your head in it, you can also get very similar benefits. I, I'm going to start sticking my head in ice. There's a certain nerve in your face. Huh. I forget what it's called. It's like the symbiotic nerve or something. And all animals have it too. And when you do a dive into really cold water, it that's what kind of makes it work. How long do you leave your face in ice? I'm like, if you're having a panic attack, like we literally had to practice this shit. Like even if you're not upset, just like so obviously if you're if you if you practice doing it when you're not upset, then you're going to know how to do it when you are in that moment of crisis. But like, yeah, if you're having a hard time breathing, then you're putting your head in for like count to 10 and then out, breathe and go That's again. That's a really good tip for a panic attack. That's actually like one of the best tips I've ever heard is to stick your head in a bowl of ice. Yeah. Water, right? Yeah, ice water. Um, so, so when you're there, is there any point that you're like, I want to leave and I want to go on Instagram and I'm over this? A hundred percent. So what do you do? Well, I couldn't go on Instagram. Yeah, I didn't have a phone. Like, I also coming as someone who, like, I had a lot of friends. I ran a business. I lived alone. I had a cat. You fell off the face of the earth. I fell off the full face of the earth. Like, no computer, no iPad, no phone, no email, nothing. Pausing for a second. Could, do you remember what that first week was like off the phone? Because I, I imagine, you know, we're all so connected. And I think about this all the time. Like, what if... Lauren and I went somewhere and just left the phone for a few days, like what that would feel like. It's been, I mean, I can't even think of the last time we did that for multiple days. Do you remember what that felt like? I think the first week was relief. Like I, it had been causing me so much turmoil or 
honestly myself. I had been causing myself turmoil by using the phone as the tool to do that, that it, I was just felt so relieved. Like no responsibility. No one's like emailing me 50 times, you know. I'm not getting anxious that I'm not responding to an email fast enough. Like I just felt like, oh, I can sit with myself and breathe. And then maybe like a month in or a couple weeks in, I'm like, oh, no, I, I really miss my best friend or I miss my talking to my dad or I miss my ex-boyfriend, you know, whatever it was. I imagine you could sit with your thoughts a lot better because like with this thing, we're constantly like up, down, up, down, up, down. Yes. And like It blocks that path multiple times a day. I think I wouldn't have had the same effects and or like positive results in the program if I had a phone. I'm sure. So what are some other tools that you picked up from this hospital? Like, like were you doing tapping? No, meditation. No. Like, what are the things? Yeah, so we do, you do mindfulness, which is kind of like meditation, and we would do that daily. And we had a class once a week on it. So that's kind of you're in class all day. I like joke that I'm like I have a PhD in mental health in myself. <laughs> so it's like a class where you're sitting down. Yeah. So you're so not how I envision this. So I'm in class from like 9 a.m. to th- to like 1 p.m. usually, and or it's group therapy. So it's like one hour or 45 minute to an hour increments. And you have a psychoeducation class. And the research on this is fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite things that the more people know about their own issues and even on like a science scientific level, like what is anxiety? What's going on in my brain? Or what the hell is depression? Way higher rates of like getting through it and recovering because you under because they actually under like they make you understand what it is yeah so it's not just like what what am i doing this for what am i working on what the fuck is this you know stuff that we're doing all day every day i don't really understand it or how is this going to help me they like drill it into you and you learn like this is what's going on in your body when you're having a panic attack people go in to the emergency room thinking they have a heart attack like more often than not, and it actually turns out just to be a panic attack. Huh. When you when you left the program, did you feel healed? And did you still feel suicidal at times? No. Never again. It's it's actually crazy. And my therapist and I talk about this all the time because even this week I was going through something in my personal life and she was like, Eileen, if if this had happened when I met you, we would be having a phone call right now from like this psych unit at the local hospital like you would be in such crisis or you would have to go to the er and she's like you're calling me from home and you're calm and you're explaining the situation and she and she's like this is like i just want to take a moment and pause and show you how much progress you've made in two years when you started opening up about sex i know you you did it when you were very young was this after or before the hospital that you started creating this platform where people could talk about sex? Before. Before. And so when you came out of the hospital, did you continue to talk about sex so openly? Yeah. I mean, I still talk about sex, definitely on my Instagram and stuff, but I've more pivoted towards mental health. But I also think the two are so interconnected. Right. But it was never really, like, as much as I like to talk about dating and, like, fun sexual stuff, it was really more like the sex education, the health like, what is a period? Getting my IUD put in. Like, I share all of that stuff very open online. And that, to me, felt very interconnected to, like, my sexual wellness 
is connected to my want- my mental well-being. What's a common denominator that you see people asking you about when it comes to sex? Is it is it protection? Is it swapping partners? Like, is it they don't like their partner? What do you see a lot? Oh, everything. Like, But I think people come to me for more serious things because they know I'll talk about it. So, like, I get messages about, like, oh, God, sexual assault, like, you know, more intense kind of subject matter. But I also get stuff of, like, how can I give a good blowjob? And I'm happy to answer both of those questions or talk with my followers. And I'm like, I don't know everything, but I can tell you what I know. I got a really good tip on how to give a good blowjob the other night when we were out to dinner. I want to hear it. Oh, God. Sorry, Josh Flack. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was from Josh Flack. He said... You probably already know this tip, maybe. Maybe you don't. Taylor, do not get a heart on. So he said that it's really important. A lot of girls are ignoring the gooch. <laughs> okay. You cannot ignore the gooch. Like he with said, your fingers or lick it? Like He said lick it. He said gooch. Josh is wild, though. Gooch all the way up the scrotum to the tip. He told me that that is, that is the move. I'm not going to say it's not the move. But I would just say that he's on the wild end of the spectrum. Is the scrotum, ac- or is the gooch, sorry, actually have that much yes. sensitivity? Yes. So they say. Yes, so and he say. said that he's... Well, I would like to know. Yeah, go, go, go for it. Tell us about your gooch. <laughs> well, Lauren, listen, after this show, we'll go, we'll figure it out. Um, no, I, I imagine, listen, I'm telling you, Josh is on the aggressive end of the spectrum. And Lauren was talking about. I You're mean, not answering the question. This reminds me of like. Is your good sensitive? I'm sure it's. Yes. It what, is do no, what do you mean? I'm sure. You say, don't know. You've no, never touched but, it. No, they, it is. But it's, I've touched your gooch on, multiple but, times. When do you I, want me to give you the answer? Yeah. It is, but it doesn't mean every guy's going to like that spot, okay. right? Oh, so it's like, it's gray. It's not black and white. It's gray. Uh-huh. Like, I don't like know everyone's if, different. I don't know if I need you down there right now. Why? Because oh, I don't know if I do. I just like, maybe sometimes it Oh, I'm getting down there after you told me that. Okay, so like, we can Does try it freak it out. you out? No, it doesn't freak me out. I but touch your gooch all the time. It doesn't freak me out, but it's not something that's like a requirement for a good blowjob. If that makes How sense. How do you yeah. know? Like, because I, because it's it's mine. I know. <laughs> um, but I think like some guys have certain requirements to call it. Like that's not one of my requirements. Okay, but he wasn't saying that. That's like saying no, like, he was, do you want a cookie with frosting? Like the frosting would be nice, and like maybe I do want a cookie with frosting. But like Taylor, it, what do you, you think? Way in here for me, I don't <laughs> think it would be something that's gonna blow my skirt up. Well, you last a minute, so you don't count. Number one, I just for me, I'm because I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't know. Here's I don't the thing. know if that's okay, sensitive. I'm gonna for me say, or not I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna take my thing that's supposed to make me horny, okay, so, just to okay. add to this I conversation. Only take a sip first. So hold on, that has very, um, it has kava and kratom in it. It's all natural, it's plant. But just warning, like maybe take half if you want. Okay, why it will make me anxious? No, it won't make you. It should. It it's should a be heart like, opener. It's gonna make you feel euphoric. So I'm going to get high in here if I take the whole thing. I, no, like, I told her off air that we're going to have a, a five sum in here because we have the hi, baby. I'm here for the gangbang. Well, you, <laughs> I'm sure you are. It tastes like... Some people don't like the taste. I don't mind the taste. I don't mind the taste You either. know why the, the, the like don't sediment you taste? It. Yeah, it's the plant. It's the sediment you taste. I, I like it. Some people are like, oh, I can't even taste it. It, opens it tastes like stevia a little. Yeah. There's a little stevia in it. Okay. There's a little stevia in it. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll feel good. It's not like crazy. I mean, it's not like I think crazy. That I'm gonna Wait, go- hold on. Let me stay on this subject here. Sorry. Okay. Um, of gooch? Of gooch. Okay, what about your asshole? See, okay, so here's what I'm telling you. I am not one of those guys. Okay. And again, people are going to have different takes on this. I feel in some ways like I don't need to have my wife do that. 
right? Like it doesn't make, I don't think that's like, I don't want to have to have her do that. It doesn't turn me on. Some guys really like it. But again, I think this goes back to preferences. Like for me, if she's asking, should I do that? I'm saying no, like it actually doesn't turn me on. I don't want that. Okay. It's not that I'm not open to it. Some but people what if really she's like, it. like, it really turns me on to be all up in there. If she was like, it's like, it's a deal breaker. For I her, don't need I, to lick your asshole. Like I'll, I didn't say lick. I just meant a finger up there. Oh yeah. If, if she was like, this is something that I like, up there. It's kind of like, what if I was into anal all the time? It's like, maybe it's a once in a while thing, but yeah. I'm not going to be like every time because she's like, maybe doesn't like that every Hold time. Hold on. If I wasn't your wife though, like, do you want me yeah, to? Does that change? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> like I'm imagining that website, that red flag guy. And it's okay. Red flags, anal my only. personal preferences is I am not an anal guy. Okay. My personal. Anally, like, anally, anally. anally. Um, <laughs> have I partaken in that activity before? <laughs> yes, it does. It's not my, pr- like I would rather go the traditional way. Like that turns me on more personally. Why is it like a cleanliness thing? Kind of that. Okay. But also. He's very clean. He's cleaner than me. Also, I'm just more attracted to the female vagina okay that's right? fair yeah um that's my thing yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with everything but it's just like if i have my preference of like where i'm going to what my default is there's that yeah taylor that's are fair. you going to butthole i've actually never had any i also think guys that butthole. haven't had that oh. ex- it's like this guys that haven't had threesomes or haven't had that experience are way more excited about those because they haven't experienced them if you have it's like to me a threesome now is, is it seems like a lot of work it's a it's a chore it's like, oh god i gotta do two people here um <laughs> You know, because if you've had that experience, it's like once you've had it, you're like, okay. But again, some guys are like, that's my main thing. Same with anal. Like if you haven't had it, like I need to, I've never okay, done this. Let's ask the expert. Yeah. I mean, though, what if someone's on and they just, they like the feeling of anal sex then they or, should be, then it, or it feels more taboo. It turns them on in that way or I'm feels it. tighter. Well, she, you're it. not doing anything. You're dead. You're in bed by eight o'clock looking at Chihuahua accounts. So, so let me clarify. There's nothing that's happening for you. If my wife was like, I'm so turned on by that activity, I'd be all for it. Okay. But I could tell she, that's not like necessarily her activity yeah. either. So I'm yeah. like, I'm not pushing for it because I also want the, my partner to be turned on. I'm going to give everybody listening the ultimate hack. We talk so much about health and wellness on this podcast, and we give all these supplements and all these minerals and all these things that you should take for your body. But listen, everybody's body's different. So here's the hack. A while back, I did all my blood work, got all my vitamin levels, all my hormone levels. You can do this with your doctor. You can go in your yearly physical, or you can just go in and ask for a blood panel, blood work. But then the question is, what do you do once you have all that information? And here's the ultimate hack. When I did mine, I figured out exactly what vitamins I was sufficient in and what I was deficient in. So this will enable you to actually supplement for what your body needs and not overdo what you already have. This is the ultimate hack. So many of us go through life and we have no idea what our vitamin levels are, what our hormone levels are. And so we just go blindly. It's like going through life without any of the data about what works for your body. And keep in mind, everybody's body is different. For example, Lauren and I have completely different omega levels, but we were supplementing the same. So once we figured out who was deficient in what and who needed more, it was a game changer. And once you know this stuff, it optimizes your supplementation, which makes everything better. So what do you do when you have the results? It's why I'm so happy to talk about Inside Tracker. When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed, recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. 
You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. Like I said, guys, this is an amazing tool. Once you get that blood work and you want to know exactly how to optimize your body, this is the platform that you use. And for a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash skinny. That's insidetracker.com forward slash skinny. I think though, back to the blowjob question, like, does that excite you or make the blowjob better to be getting a blowjob and someone's going around your butt with, and putting a finger in not it? Not really for me. Okay. That's not and for it, the rusty trombone. And listen, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren's tried. No, wait, that's where they, they, they do analingus. I'm always going to try. They like Lauren, from behind. Lauren, I like to test use, limits. Listen, Lauren, I like to penis, test limits like too. I'm a try anything once yeah. girl. Yeah, I'm a try anything once girl. I'm a try sure. anything once guy. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is like, it's not Besides my Besides like, open relationships. <laughs> yeah. Or no, because I'm telling you. For you. I, I don't want to deal with a bunch of people's emotions. I can't do, I can barely deal with my friends. I'm, I'm emotionally closed off. That's why we need therapy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pull it by, around full circle. And by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong on the therapy subject. I actually fully agree that if I was in with a good therapist, it would probably do nothing but enhance my life. So I want people to hear that. It's same with meditation, right? It's like, I know if I could get into a great meditation practice. There's things like this. I mean, like, Everybody knows if they worked out, if they ate better, if they were positive, they got into a good therapy. If they, like all of these things could do nothing but help. I Trying to that. talk about therapy, why Taylor pulls up rusty trombone on the internet is oh interesting. My gosh. <laughs> do you know can there you, the rusty trombone? Oh, oh, so it's like a hand job yes, while they're eating exactly. their ass. The trombone is the shaft of the. I've penis. never heard that before. Oh, that makes sense though. It looks like she's playing a trombone. Everyone should. So Google let me it. explain this image to you. <laughs> There's a woman eating a guy's ass with her hand around grabbing his shaft. <laughs> I love my wife and I don't ever want to put her in this position, right? Like, well, I think though that if I was your mistress, you wouldn't mind it. I could degrade the mistress? I don't know. I just think you wouldn't mind it if I was your mistress. I don't think, but I'm saying like, I think about these things. I'm like, if somebody was filming my life on TV. I just feel like fecal matter is not sexy to me. Yeah, but I don't think you do this after you just went to the bathroom. No, but there's 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 bits. Here's the thing. No, not not if. He, what do you mean? I'm not saying on him. Oh, he's I'm probably clean as a whistle. So, soap up Taylor, there. Taylor, our producer, for sure is having dingleberries. Here's the way that I feel about no, you this. You clean. You get clean. No, you take soap, especially if you know you're gonna have anal sex. You could also use an enema. You're clean. Here's the thing that I I don't believe. worry about the cleanliness. If somebody, if I'm having. If I, I love that our conversation got here. I mean, we're bent on this for like 10 minutes. If, if I'm having an encounter and somebody is pushing for that, I'm like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. They've done it before. They're probably clean. They've probably taken the steps. If in the reverse, I'm the one pushing for this and the person's not sure and they haven't done it, I'm backing off because I don't know what kind of accident we're going to have. That's fair. No, I, 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 blah, 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 blah. you <laughs> definitely have to prepare with That's anal. A, yes. I don't believe that anal is like a spontaneous thing. You need lubrication you should use a condom because like most people don't want to finish in the ass. Like that's a long time to be like fucking in someone's ass. I think As that a woman, if you like fucking in the ass, you should fuck in the ass all day. No, definitely. But I'm saying for, okay. In my experience, when I have so, had like, anal sex, I, let's okay. say we have anal with a condom and then they take off the condom and then they can have sex in my vagina. Got it. So that's a quicker turnaround. than like you have to run to the bathroom, wash your dick off 
before you have vaginal sex or else hello yeast infection. Okay, let me tell everyone who's listening, do not ever let that penis even touch your butthole. Even let it touch your butthole and think about sticking it in your vagina. Yes, there we go. Yeast infection and UTI. UTI, BV, it's just like, hello. That's But but here's my point. I'm going to extend my point. You said that you think it's clean, the butthole, because we clean the butthole. But if we're still getting a UTI or a yeast infection, there's a little fecal matter no, happening. That's when that's yes, when the penis, but no, 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 no but you were saying like deep into the anus. You were okay? saying yes. Okay, I agree things. with Taylor. Taylor. If Michael's if, if, penis touches my butthole for one second, I feel like, I, and I, this isn't like by a lot of experience because I'm not a butthole person. <laughs> I feel like it's UTI.com. Like, I just... I just think anal sex is very different than, like, licking someone's butt. Eileen, it's so nice to meet you. (laughs) You know, like, when you're going internal. Wait, okay, so I have to tell you this because it popped into my head. So you guys said that you haven't ever in a long time been off your phones for a couple days. So I went to this place called Canyon Ranch last month, and they don't take your phone, but I asked them to, and I went by myself upstate New York for... It's in the Berkshires. And I said, can you take my phone? And the woman was like, sure. And so when I checked into the spa weekend for two nights, I didn't I didn't use my phone for three days, two nights. I think it's smart. I think it's really smart. And, and I was by feel? myself. And it was fucking awesome. I literally felt like so refreshed. I was like, I need to do this once a year. Lauren, I'm going to take my go up. What did you do? Did you wake up, like masturbate for an hour, read a book, no, watch a show? What do you do? So it's it's like a wellness retreat, like spa. So I went to the spa all day. I would like sit in the sauna, steam room. I got a massage. Like there's all this healthy food there. You can go on hikes. I did Pilates. I swam every day. Like I was very busy and tired by the time I got back into my room. And what time did you go to bed and did you talk to anyone while you were there? I did have the phone number to my best friend, Sean, who was watching my cat. And But I wrote it down on a piece of paper and there was like a hotel phone in my room. And so I would chat with him. And what time did you go to bed? Probably 10. So normal time. Yeah. Here's my plan, Lauren. I've thought about this. I want to get one of those burner phones that you can plug a phone because we have kids, right? So Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to have be reached and we can go somewhere and just bring that and And I'll give you a rusty trombone. (laughs) We'll put the we'll get the phone, the burner phone. We'll go have a bunch of anal sex. Mm, Okay, I'd rather lick gooch. But yeah, from the he told me to lick it from the tip of the gooch. The tip. Josh did. All what is the tip like near the butt cheek? Near the butthole. Oh. Lick it you know, all the way. Because it's too the... underneath. Like I don't want someone sitting on my head. No, you don't have to do. I feel like if they're on a chair, you can just spread. I don't want to get on the chair and spread. You know, um, <laughs> I just don't. I just, I don't call me old fashioned. You know, I just, I just don't need to be there with my legs up in the air. Doing, like, you know, we need to see that. Like, yeah, I don't know how hot I think that is either. I you know what? I'm going to try it out once. And no. you're gonna see that you're gonna like it. So that's the tip. That's the tip. That's the that's our tip. <laughs> literally of the day. and figuratively. I do think you, it to the tip. You are onto something though with this no phone. I think it would be very helpful for many people because when even just the- one day, like off mm-hmm. for 24 hours, and like maybe you have a pager or something if you're the babysitter needs to get a hold of you. Could you do that? No, I think I really want to do that. I think it takes it- a little preparation though. Like obviously, I went on a weekend, so it was fine for emails, but you can't just like. If you have responsibilities or you own a business, like you can't usually just fall off the face of the earth. What is your relationships that you've been in since you left the hospital? Like what's the differences between the ones that you had before? Yeah. So I dated someone for a year. 
I mean, I've had like a few flings with people. I used to be a serial monogamous, monogamist. I was always in a relationship since I was 16. I had a really difficult time being single and being alone. And that was something I wanted to work on when I went away. Like I would literally, I would jump into a relationship, settle for a relationship with someone that I'm not that into, but I'm like so scared to be single or alone. Like it's a really depressing state to be in. I feel like I had the opportunity to date people. And I was like, you know what? I feel finally like, okay with maybe I'll hook up with this person, but I'm not going to make them my boyfriend. And I wouldn't have done that before. What makes a good hookup? Let me live vicariously through you. You can't be too drunk because then you can't get off. Well, I can't. I, I oh, like, I can't come I can't when I'm too, drunk. Yeah, no, I, I prefer in. sober sex. I like someone who's adventurous. I like someone who I'm comfortable communicating. Once again, communication. Like what feels good and it needs to be continuous. Meaning like you got to keep hooking up. Yeah. yeah. It always gets better. I had one one night stand, I remember. Which isn't I, I? I was I'm kind of monogamous too. I've had a lot of different boyfriends, but I had one one night stand, and I remember leaving and thinking I will never do that again. That is so pointless because you don't know each other's body, body and the sex sucks. I mean, I've obviously it's met people so and have shitty and have friends who have like, oh, I had an amazing one night stand, but to me, I'm like, I like to be comfortable. Like we could joke about doing some of the, like you know something like that, or like, hey, let me. Go on your gooch or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and you you don't do that with someone you just met. Every, yes. gr- every girl listening to this is going to be like, going to their guy and I'm like, fuck, the, like the gooch? This is a whole mind thing. <laughs> yeah, this whole episode. The best tips for a blowjob are from a guy. Always. Yeah. In my opinion. And I'm sorry. like, I don't even give hand jobs because I'm like, you can do that better for yourself. Uh, no, no. Let me tell for everyone out there, I, I don't, I would hate a hand. I don't, you know why? There's no hand that's going to be better than my hand. Yes, I that's, how, my whole that's life. how I think. I no, no, you, gave you hand no. jobs before I blew you when I was 13. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And yes, you, I did. Okay. Wait, what do you mean 13? We hooked up. That sounds very Michael scandalous. was my first <laughs> no. blow, Michael was my first blowjob. Wait, stop. How long have you guys been together? Not the whole time. We've not the whole time. I keep trying to shoo her away. Not I'm the whole like, time. Enough. That is crazy you came back together. We came back together. That is so then, romantic. I used to give you hand jobs and you liked that. Yeah, but I was 13. You know, like so? I've had a lot of yeah, he, had, right. he wasn't having sex. At I the know time. how to flick the wrist. Yeah, but you're no, gonna say that I'm not good at a hand job. But let me tell you something. If you're a 35 year old man like I am, and you're still getting hand jobs, you got to go. You, you're, then you're then I'm going to therapy. But I love I, hand jobs. What? Of course, oh, of you course do. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point, that's the guy that loves the hand job. Wait, that hand job while you're blowing is a great. That's, no, that's, that's different. different. Yeah. That's that's different. Okay, okay. Just, well, what are you? You're not, we're not 13 trying, anymore. Sure. I'm trying to think. What are some of my favorite tips? I'm trying to think of like some of the best sex I've ever had. Maybe someone, yeah, I need someone who's adventurous. Like if I tell you like, hey, I want to do this role play or I want to fuck like this guy that I was hooking up with actually right after I got out of the mental hospital. That Sounds I, fun. That I had, I had hooked up with him a couple times right before I went in, didn't speak to him for half a year and then got out and was like, hello, I'm alive. And he was like, oh, I would love to see you. So we started hooking up for a bit. And we, I would love, used to love going out to like a dinner or a restaurant and we would have sex in the bathroom. That sounds fun. Michael. We also had private. sex in Central Park. Right after you first had your orgasm, did what? you whisper into Wait. his ear? I just <laughs> Dude, got out, out of here. mental hospital. You had sex in Central Park. Where, where were you like on the <laughs> boat area? Were you at a hot dog okay, stand? So I didn't grow up in New York, but apparently it's like this, he did. It's this, oh my God, he's going to. 
probably hear this and be like, what the fuck? I mean, it's this notorious spot that people who grew up uptown, like Upper West Side or Upper East Side, who like don't want to go home and hook up in their parents, you know, if they are not allowed to, they would hook up in this spot in Central Park. It's like notorious. He used to fuck there in high school. And so he was like, this is the spot. And so we kind of just did it as a joke. It was like when the sun was starting to set and we just decided to have sex in the park. You know it what? It's like a bucket list. This thing. is bringing up a little bit of nostalgia for me because I did forget that I gave you a blowjob in the McDonald's the balls. Thing. She did. Remember that? But, no, listen, this is a Hold fucking on. Excuse me, how old were you? We were young. 13. Just so we don't get in fucking go to jail. We were kids, okay? Um, <laughs> You're like, this is like a couple but here's three years ago. Were we in the balls or the. I, this may be an area. In the slide? We're in the gooch at the this We were giving blowjobs at 13. Yeah. We, I we was. Were, we were. You know, I was a fun time. We were. We were having fun. Here's the thing, Lauren. And this is maybe arrogant to say. This was all possible before all of this. You, now you can't do this kind of thing publicly and get caught giving blowjobs in McDonald's balls. We're going to jail if that happens. Yeah. Right. So. And um, you're sex offenders. Yeah. For life. Yeah. We also. Uh, there was a couple different public places. Yeah. We. But we were kids. You know, like now. Warehouse. The movie the theaters. Down to you. Remember that movie? Blowjob in the movie theater? Yeah. I've never done that. But it's funny. That's on the list. I was like, I've done Taxi Cab. Okay. Let me see. I did a lot with this guy, actually. Like, I was just, I was like, oh, I just got out of the mental hospital. <laughs> like, <laughs> that doesn't sound so. No, I know. So I it's, like, it's, okay. fu- it's kind of funny. And it is like, funny. I'm owning that narrative. And I was just like, I want to do everything and anything. Like, I haven't had sex for five months. Like, that's crazy. That's a long time. This guy with his friends was like, this is the greatest thing ever. This yeah. I just got out of the mental institution. She's fucking me all over the city. <laughs> we had sex and I lived in like a doorman building on like a high floor. And we had sex in, not in the elevator, I wish. But we had sex in the stairwell, which like, I'm like, oh my God, my neighbor could walk in at any second. Like, we did a lot of fun stuff. He sounds fun. Hit him up. I, I actually... And I do talk to him still. What's your craziest sex story? Leave us with something funny. Minerals are becoming all the rage. They should always have been the rage. But now I feel like everyone is learning the benefits of minerals. We had Robert on of Water and Wellness. And he, and if you guys have not listened, you have to go listen to this episode. And he explained how important it is that we get minerals. If you listen to that episode, you realize that all of our soil is becoming more and more compromised, which disables us from getting the proper mineralization in our body. So because of this, we're all walking around lethargic, tired, inflamed, so many things sick. And this is why it's so important to get the right minerals. So this is a product that I actually discovered like seven years ago. I used to push it in Michael's face. And now I take it on a day-to-day basis and it's Quinton and it's 78 trace elements, minerals and electrolytes. And it helps us remineralize. And what you do is it's like a glass little vial and you crack open the top, you put it in your mouth and then you crack the other side and you just drink your minerals. I give it to Zaza in her water. It's so easy to implement. It's so easy to take it on the go. It's fast acting hydration and it replenishes the minerals. This is something that's a no-brainer for everyone because we all need minerals. And Michael, really interestingly, when he started taking these, he immediately stopped getting headaches. I've tried everything my entire life to get rid of these headaches, and I've had them for as long as I can remember. And since I've started implementing these minerals, I don't get them anymore. I can't remember the last time I had one. You guys have probably seen these Quinton minerals everywhere. They're in a lot of health food stores, and they are legit. And like I said, I like to take them on an empty stomach in the morning. You could take them whenever you want, though, throughout the day. Water and Wellness has some amazing Quinton bundles. You're going to visit waterandwellness.com slash skinny to shop. 
and use code SKINNY to save even more on top of the already discounted price. This is such a good gift, by the way, to give someone. It's like, hey, you need your minerals. So here you go. I gave it to my dad and I was like, you're taking minerals. Again, visit waterandwellness.com slash skinny and use code skinny. I'm telling you, Quinton is the best for minerals. And go listen to that episode with Robert. I've had a lot of threesomes. Okay, give us the dynamic of that. Like what's a fun? I used to hook up with this couple in LA. That was a really fun dynamic. I lived in New York and I would come sometimes and like hook up with them. How did you meet the couple? My friend was hooking up with the guy and the couple's roommate. Your friend was hooking up with the guy? With the roommate of the couple, essentially. And then the couple approached you? Yes. So is this a conversation before you hook up with the couple? Yes. How, How do you like lay the grounds? I mean, they were kind of just like, I could tell they were flirting with me. And I was like, oh, they're like, she's gorgeous. And he's really hot. And I was like, I'm so down. And it just kind of went down like that. And no one was ever mad. No. Oh, I knew. Uh, yeah, I like tell, tell. I know. So that's why I think I believe in being the third person in a threesome always. Like I've never had a threesome in a relationship. I've had a threesome with someone I'm hooking up with. Actually, the guy, Mr. Central Park, and I would have threesomes all the time because I didn't feel like um, I respect him and we have a great relationship. I wasn't like emotionally in that invested or like in love. Or, so I wasn't jealous. I couldn't do it with like a boyfriend that I'm in love with. But as a third, you're like, okay, I show up, I have a great time, and then I leave, and you two can clean up the mess and deal with it. You see, there's always someone cleaning up the How mess. How do you know that they're, they were cleaning up the mess? Because though? they ended up breaking up, actually, after our last threesome. And I know, and I remained friends with them both separately because I met them at the same time. Do they blame you? No, not at all. They think, just blame what? I think they blame him. I think I think maybe she wasn't as comfortable and didn't want to ha- really have... The, they had had a bunch, too. It wasn't just with me. And I feel like that was a kind of a dynamic. She was doing it to, like, make him happy. I just want to say, Lauren, 11 for 11. No, 11 for 11. Oh, he's saying no. He's saying 11 for 11. So the next person that comes on, he's going to do that. I'm looking for the... I'm, listen, I'm Thanks. looking for the winner that's going to give I've all of I've done it with hope. friends. That's kind of weird. Like, I don't, I don't recommend that for people. Girlfriends or guy friends? Oh, because then that's in the yeah, that's in the dynamic now. Like I've done it with one of my best friends. Like you and a girl have hooked up with a guy. Yeah, and like we fully like had sex with each other. Taylor, are you okay? Are you busy right now? (laughs) (laughs) And then is it awkward to go out with your friend after you? No. So, but I think I'm a freak in that way. Like I think and most people it would feel awkward, but I don't look at my friend any differently. If that makes sense. But also, I have a. With this particular friend I'm thinking about, I feel like our relationship is not just a clear-cut friend relationship. Like, I wouldn't just have it with any of my random girlfriends. It's like I almost have, like, kind of a romantic-esque relationship with this girl. I love your generation because it's so open. open. I, I just love it. Like, it's so refreshing to, like, I told I said this about Harry Jousey, too. Well, listen. The way I think he th- came on, he's like, he's like, "Hey, what's up? Like, pass the water." I did a sex tape. Do you guys want to see it? Well, there's a reason I push back on you a little bit too, because I think at the same time, like, opening other people's minds, including myself, right? Like, you want to hear this information, hear the perspective. Yeah, a lot of. I, I just mean, like this. I, think, I got the best compliment ever after that threesome. What was it? Well, what was the compliment? It wasn't sexual. Oh, it was. I felt so safe and so comfortable with you. Wow. That was, doesn't surprise me, though, because I feel it like it was her first threesome. I had been hooking up with that guy like a couple years prior, and we just were like, 
we went to dinner and we were kind of like, we want to do something fun tonight. And she thought he was attractive. And so we just texted him like a selfie saying, do you want to fuck us tonight? I'm sure he was like, yeah, he flew right over. He flew right <laughs> like, over. The guy's like, hold on, I'm in the park. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He was ready to go. Well, no, it's not park guy. It's a different guy. I just have been an oversharer since I've been little. And I feel like maybe I was born in the wrong generation because I talk to people that are your age and they're just free and open and liberated. And I wish, I wish that our generation had a little bit more of that. Well, it's, I mean, listen, this is just how, I mean, this was a very Puritan, I mean, you grew up Catholic. Like this is, there's pockets of this country that are still living in that world, which oh, is more, fine. I feel like majority actually, if you go outside of like the big liberal cities, a lot of people are more closed-minded than you think. I mean, these are even conversations I wouldn't really feel that comfortable having in front of my dad. Like I, I don't know if my dad would listen to this episode or like my, my dad's listening. My loves having these conversations with her dad. My older brother, like, no, that's just not my family dynamic. Do I wish it was different? Honestly, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I don't want to have these conversations with my younger sister, not because I don't want her to be open or them to be open and do all these things. I just don't need to envision that. But if my daughter comes and has these conversations with me, you know, I'm going to be very true. But I also like, I want my daughter to be able to come to me, but I don't want to hear her about getting fucked. She can tell me. She can tell me. I I just I I yeah. I, I want to have said. super open yeah. conversation with my kids one day. Down Ever the line. since I was little, Thanksgiving dinner like I want to reserve space for them to feel comfortable to come, but I don't need. Uh, you you know. don't need all the details. Yeah, is that why you married me to use me to do it? Yeah, I'm like, listen, this is for, <laughs> good luck. Go to so your mother. So you want me to like teach all the things? I just, I mean, listen, I I'm just fine with it. think that there's certain things that like. You know, you have a relationship with your like. I don't know. There's certain things I don't need to hear about or see. I know, but I kind of wish I had that closer bond because. But also, I'm missing the mom piece of like I don't really have someone in the unit to go and. It's it's uncomfortable to talk about like my dating life. Like I just feel like I don't have that place to go, and I wish I did. Like I don't need her to come to me like I'm trying to do this rusty trombone. No, and, no, 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 that's different. But what know. if she's like, Dad, oh, I you have can this. literally Google how to give a blowjob by the Skinny Confidential. So if, if my daughter can, no, comes to me and she wants to talk to me about these things, I'm going to create a non-judgmental space. If she wants it. to come to me and say I want to talk about safe sex and guys and this and like, yes, of course. But I'm saying oh, I don't yeah, know. But what are you going to do? You're going to be like, so let me show you how to put a condom on a banana. Oh, uh-huh. what the fuck's a condom? You're, <laughs> you're gonna go say go to your mom. Hey, listen, I can't do condoms. I'm sorry, I can't do them. Listen, I was with partners that didn't. You know, we didn't. We didn't want them. I'm a sailor. It's know? a different time, I think, too, when you went to college. <laughs> I don't know. I so I made the sweatshirt years ago. That's from an old AIDS poster from the 80s. Ooh, going and it on says, <laughs> and it says like. I've only, I've fucked two people and then those two people have fucked two people and then those two people have fucked two people and it goes on and it goes, I've fucked 742 people just by sleeping with two people. So it's like for me, STIs, STDs, whatever is just like, you know, it's it's bacteria or it's like sure. um, microscopic. It doesn't give a fuck. Like you could be the hottest person, the richest person, the cleanest person in the entire world and still have an STD. And most people who have one don't know that they have one. Well, yesterday's gone down the river <laughs> and it ain't coming back. He Anyways, for our listeners. Yes, for also, our listeners. Now, I think condoms are important. Also, I just got off birth control for the first time. I've been on birth control since before I started having sex for 10 years I or nine years. Everyone it's should gonna, use, you're going to feel better. Everyone, I just got my IUD out and so now and I've I don't use condoms usually because I'm always in a relationship and tested but everyone now I have condoms. to use a condom because I'm not getting pregnant everyone should use condoms until I want to except if you were with me in the back in the day then don't worry about it 
Oh. Right. Okay. First of all, I can confirm you don't have. Do you any- know what? Here's it. It feels like when you're drunk and you have a condom on. It feels like putting a bag over your head and doing push-ups. Okay? Really? It doesn't. I think like that's dramatic. No, it's not dramatic. Okay. Taylor, chime in. I don't mind condoms because I. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm currently. I'm not married, so I. Of I think condoms like don't feel that great. Like obviously, everyone would prefer to fuck without a condom. Like sometimes they just like the lube is like weird, or it's just like it rubs and, a and little. Of course, I'm not saying that I that oh, I, I like them, but I'm just saying for me, I I'm not married, and so I can't have kids. So have you tried woo lube? Woo lube. Yeah. No, what is that? We, I'm gonna give you, you some. Go. It's okay. coconut oil lube. Okay. And it, I, I got a UTI every single time I had sex for like years. Really? And I haven't gotten one since. Damn. Okay. So I use silicone lube. I'm a silicone girl. Why? It's it's the most slick out of anything. Okay. And it's actually what my gynecologist recommends because I used to get a lot of UTIs too. So I hate water based lube. I think it should get chucked in the trash. I this one's this one's not water based at all. Wait, I have it out there. We'll give it to you. Okay, yeah, water based though it gets tacky, and the reason it's called like water based is you're supposed to add water or saliva to keep it slick, which I'm like defeats the purpose of lube. But the reason people use water based is because you can use it with silicone toys and like butt plugs and all the shit. You can't use silicone lube with silicone toys. You I know it's use, a lot to remember. You Sorry. can use this oil based lube with the silicone toys that we also can make you use work. it with condoms. You though? cannot use it with condoms. Yeah, see that's what I mean. There's always a weird give and take. Yeah. You can't use it with Which condoms. Which is perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, we got it. I think that you are incredible to normalize this conversation. You can come back anytime. I feel like I could have asked you so many more questions. I think maybe these, I'll have more sex stories. These conversations for you next time. need to be had because there are people that are not talking about sex, and it's really just not like it's it's a, it's normal. So let's round it out. Don't do anything I do. Have sex with condoms. <laughs> go to therapy. Yeah. Probably invite another partner in the relationship. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> get no. a, get the gooch, do it. Do it gooch. if it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to do any anal stuff, we I say a condom and make sure you take a shower or do an enema, like prep. A shower would be great. And also definitely get off your phone. Yeah, get off your phone for a little bit. And Google Rusty Trombone. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. You have a new Dear Media show. Tell us all the things that you're working on. Okay, so my podcast is called Going Mental with Eileen Kelly. You can find it everywhere you can find podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at Eileen. Like the song, Come On Eileen. So E-I-L-E-E-N. And yeah. You're really good on the mic. Thank you. She's very good on the mic. And I don't say that um, to everybody. Excuse me. Really? I actually, I'm like... I was really anxious about, I don't love my voice. I mean, people- you have, you have voice. I love your voice. Really? I always thought I was too nasally. It's very like soft. It's it's nice. And by the way- It's a stop and listen voice. That is so sweet. You guys are making me blush. Right, I mean that. Oh my God, my thing is working. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that kicking in? It's kicking in. <laughs> it's actually uh, drugs. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Um, you, you do have a great voice. And I just want to say, I have to say- who screenshotted her Instagram and was like, you got it. She changed my life. No, no, really? no, no, no. You would have gotten on the network. They would have found you. Trust okay. me. They, they do find the diamonds in the rough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who wants to try the Skinny Confidential razor? I'm going to gift one of you the face shaving razor. It's so amazing. And it exfoliates the skin so well and just sets you up for the best foundation for makeup. It also removes all peach fuzz. If you have a little mustache hair like me, it is legit. It's thick. It's beautiful. It's silicone. It goes on your vanity. You're going to love it. Of course, it's pink. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode with Eileen on my latest Instagram, 
And if you want to check out what the razor looks like, go to shopskinnyconfidential.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and make sure you rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. See you next time. A big theme of my pregnancy was evaluating everything I was eating or putting on my body. I wanted to make sure this pregnancy that I was pretty clean. I wasn't going to be a freak about it, but I didn't want to put a bunch of chemicals on my face when I was carrying towns. And so what I did is I took all my products that had the harsher chemicals and that were more aggressive and I put them away. And then I brought all my clean products out. And I have to tell you, I've kind of fallen in love with the clean products. Sure, I'm going to implement a couple of the more chemical heavy products into my routine now that I'm not pregnant, but I am obsessed with certain clean products and I will not give them up. And one of them is Osea. And you've seen this, I feel like everywhere, but there's specific products that they make that really, really have upped my nourishment game. They've softened my skin. They keep me glowing from head to toe. So the two products that I would recommend from Osea that I use on a day-to-day basis still are the Hyaluronic Sea Serum. This one is a really beautiful serum. It lays so nicely under makeup, and I feel like it really works for fine lines and wrinkles. The ingredients are amazing. There's like seaweed and snow mushroom and like marine elements in it, and my skin feels so nourished after it. I absolutely love it. The other Osea product, and I have raved about this for a long time, is the mist. They have like a seaweed mist. I would get those two products, those to start at least, and then like just check out their whole line because I think you're going to love it. They have like a body oil, a scrub. They even have this um, lotion that I love that comes in like a big tub. All of their products are just amazing. They're so clean. Find your new skincare and body care favorites at OseaMalibu.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. You get 10% off your first order site-wide with promo code PINKSEAWEED. Promo code PINKSEAWEED. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. Go to OseaMalibu.com, promo code PINKSEAWEED.